Hello there, hockey fans! It's Talkin' Hockey, the Hockey Talkin' Show, here on UMFM 101.5 in Winnipeg, podcasted everywhere to your streaming devices. Uh, this is episode, sorry, this is season 5, episode 18, an episode that we are calling The Simpson, aka Simmer, Craig Simpson. You might know him from Hockey Night in Canada, or if you're old enough to recall, his playing days. He was a pure sniper for the Edmonton Oilers, mostly. Played for a couple other teams. We'll get into some Simpson talk momentarily. It's co-host Tom here with you. Uh, pleased to be joined by guest co-host Jared. We've got co-host Randy on assignment in Newmarket, Ontario. He's he's doing some filming out east in the big smoke. Uh, so Jared's sitting in for him and, uh, you know, keeping the chair warm. Keeping that mic fired up. Uh, Jared, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm okay. I, yeah, I've been you're getting a little, over a bug, hey? I've been under the weather this week. Uh, I've been sick since Valentine's Day. Uh, and so that put a damper on plans that night uh, mm. for all the lovers out there. <laughs> and uh, also put a put a real kibosh on uh, what was a promising weekend of hockey action, uh, which we're going to get to uh, in a minute. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I uh, yeah. did did not get to make my apocalypse debut, which is uh, unfortunate, but... Uh, Very unfortunate. It was a, a fantastic day of hockey, which, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into momentarily. So, yeah, it was uh apocalypse weekend so you know all day saturday from from dusk till dawn there was hockey going on and um well without spoiling a little you know without spoiling anything i just want to say uh, <laughs> i was part of the championship team we took home the cup huge huge victory in the final that's um, good too. You hit the you hit the over under on that. I had I had over under uh, three and a half minutes for you to mention that, and uh, you got that in <laughs> at about the, the two twenty mark. Of, I just been of the podcast. So yeah, I just been uh, telling everybody who will listen. Just got back from Safeway before we started recording. You know, had a <laughs> just had, a <laughs> had a good chin wag with the cashier, <laughs> and uh, yeah. he didn't really probably seem to care, but. You know, it doesn't take away from a from a from a big victory. That's right. That's uh, is right. that the first time that you won? It is. It is. Yeah. Um, I've played in the tournament for a number of years now. I don't know. This was at least my sixth appearance in the tournament, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe that is the first finals I went to and definitely the first time I've won. So it was pretty exciting. Very and, impressive. Um, 
Yeah, we were a team of destiny, but we'll get into that. I want yes. to talk about Craig Simpson first because we got to do the we got to follow the show format or else yes. our producers will be breathing down our neck and yeah. you know, we don't want to make them mad, but um number 18, Craig Simpson. He is an iconic uh 18, I would say. You know, he did briefly play for Buffalo uh and were a different number, it doesn't matter though because he only played 46 games mm-hmm. for Buffalo, but he did he spent six years in Edmonton, uh, did spend three years in Pittsburgh, and also wore 18 for Pittsburgh. He broke into the Penguins, into the NHL with the Penguins. Um, Number two pick overall. Yeah, second overall. Um, who went first that draft? Oh, I don't know. I, just why read he this. A- I don't know why you asked me that. I don't uh, know. I just read it, though. Um, 1980, 1985. Oh, a real beauty. Wendell Clark. It was Wendell, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he was yeah. he was sandwiched between Wendell Clark and uh Craig Wolanin. Oh yeah, Wooly. Yeah. Wooly. <laughs> yeah, and uh the Jets picked that that year. Jets legend Ryan Stewart. Oh, maybe you've heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> no, no you haven't probably. Okay. Uh notable for Craig Simpson, uh I would say is uh, you mentioned he started his career with the Pittsburgh Penguins in 1987. He was traded by the Penguins to the Edmonton Oilers for the immortal Paul Coffey. Yeah, that was a big trade. Yeah, um, seven and, seven player trade. Yeah, and and uh, you know Simpson sort of really once he got to Edmonton started sniping quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was a promising young rookie. He was 18 years old when he broke into the NHL, um, you know, and then his 19 year old season was really good. His 20 year old season, really good. Uh, that was the year, uh, his 20 year old season that he was, he split between Edmonton and Pittsburgh. And he ended up with 56 goals that year. Yeah. 90, 90 points. points. So, and here's a fun fact, a 31.6% um, shooting percentage, which is like really the, good. It's like the highest ever or something. It's, it's, oh, wow. it's one of, he holds the record for the best career shooting percentage of a, with a minimum of 800 shots with a 23.66% and the record for best career playoff shooting percentage minimum of 80 shots with a 33.65%. Um, you know, it's crazy. Charlie Simmer is the only other player in NHL history to top 50 goals and have a 30% shooting percentage in a single season. That's from our friends at Wikipedia. Um, here's one for you, because Craig Simpson's nickname is Simmer, and Charlie Simmer is the other guy. Like, what's going on with Simmers and shooting percentage? I guess that's the that's the name to have. If that you is want the, that is the name to have. Uh, that's a crazy shooting percentage. I like to think about that. That's that's you know two out of it's one out of three shots almost. Like it's yeah. wild. Yeah, three out of every ten shots going in in the net is yeah. pretty uh, pretty impressive. Um, so my question: Do you know why he only played for ten seasons? He was yeah, out of he, the league by the time he was twenty nine. Yeah, he had uh, back injuries. And ah. it just he so just reading up on him here um he uh he basically had to retire you know 
at age uh, 28. Uh, mm-hmm. And he said, this is a quote from Craig Simpson, the last three years in the National Hockey League for me were probably as painful a hell as I've lived. So that's, <laughs> I guess he was well, banged re- up. Real rosy outlook there from Craig Simpson. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, as you mentioned, uh, I think as many uh, of the the young folks out there probably know Craig Simpson from his broadcast career because yeah. 98, uh, he joined uh, CTV Sportsnet as a color commentator for uh, Oilers regional games and then uh, graduated uh, to uh, Hockey Night in Canada starting in 2008-2009. Uh, then he shifted to Sportsnet. Uh, he's uh, he's currently currently partnered with Chris Cuthbert, a uh, broadcasting legend. Uh, they've called Stanley Cup Finals. They've been at uh, yeah, he was Olympic with, broadcasts. He was with Houston for a long time, I guess. Yeah. And then I, that guy must have retired or something. And then yeah, um, but he's been a mainstay of that you know primetime hockey night in Canada game for mm-hmm. for years now, and mm-hmm. uh, his voice. You know, like he's just is 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 a, an, an iconic voice when you're listening to hockey. I think you know, like from my childhood, I remember you know Dick Cole, uh, uh, Dick Irvin, and Bob, Bob Cole, Cole, Harry Neal. Like those yeah. three are like you know their voices are ingrained in my head. But you know, Craig Simpson's just he's right there as well. Like yeah, as far as... well, and and perhaps also ingrained in your head if you ever played uh, a little uh, EA Sports NHL on uh, one of your video game consoles because it was always Houston and Simpson were the right. uh, announcers on him. Yeah. Yeah. So and that's a good segue to, well, we're going to play it later, but we've got some songs lined up for this episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and one of the songs is a staple song of one of the EA NHL games. Um, yeah. So Craig Simpson, we'll just give you a quick rundown of the stats and then we'll, we'll talk some uh, apocalypse here. But so Craig Simpson, 10 year career, 634 career games, 247 goals, 250 assists for 497 points. Six of those years and uh, 419 games were in Edmonton. He's a two time Stanley Cup winner. He won it in um, the year was, where is it here? 87 88 with Edmonton and then 89 90 with Edmonton. Check out these playoff numbers. This is the year he, look at this. This is insane. 87 88 19 games 13 goals with a 40.6 shooting percentage uh that that's like that's unreal uh and then the other year they won the cup 89 90 that was the Gretzky list cup uh Mark Messier took them to the hoop there 22 games 16 goals Ooh. 15 assists 31 points and a 38.1 shooting percentage so and I mean, it, yeah, Messier was a big leader of that team, but uh, Craig Simpson helped make that happen for sure. Definitely got it done. Yeah. Um, yeah, he is. Uh, he's uh, he was a goal scorer's goal scorer. And um, yeah, now we all know him from TV. So, um, yeah, let's uh, let's shift gears and talk a little bit of Apocalypse right now. Uh, we've got a few minutes to talk Apoc. And yeah, it's a shame you weren't there. We'll start with the weather report because everybody loves hearing talking hockey talk weather. So it was a beautiful day in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. And that's how that fairy tale began. Um, 
you couldn't have asked for a much better day, to be honest mm -hmm. with you. Um, and then <laughs> as the day progressed, uh, it, the clouds came and the snow came. And I don't know that I was, I mean, I don't know that I expected it to snow. Certainly not as heavily as it did. So the round robin games were all clear. Great. Uh, you know, the, the ice was good. Uh, they got a, a flood in here and there. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it was great, great conditions. Temperatures were ideal. And then it was uh, basically when the playoff games kind of started that it started snowing. By the second playoff game uh, for the for third place, it was um, like it was coming down. And there was a couple shovel breaks. Um, you know, the, the snow was it was collecting on the ice very fast mm -hmm. and it was a difficult game to play by the time the final came mm -hmm. it was just it's unreal you're skating with the puck and um it would just disappear on you in the snow <laughs> and it'd be like there was so much uh turning around and looking for the puck and there was like you couldn't ice the puck basically mm -hmm. <laughs> uh although although we did force the other team to ice it there so like i said off the hop we kind of fell behind two nothing in the final and then we fought our way back and tied the game with five seconds left and then we wanted it in overtime and it was it was um we figured out how to play in the conditions i i don't recall who it was but somebody on our bench said when we were trailing two nothing they said and we were playing really well they say, mm -hmm. you know, they're playing in the same conditions we are. So let's not use it as, as an excuse and just we'll figure it out. Let's keep it going and whatever. And we did figure it out. And the way we did was just let every puck deep and then make it make them turn around and play. And it was like, we'll just muck it in the in their zone. And we had like a mate, like the third and third period in overtime was all us like it was it was in their end the entire time but trying to get those you it, you couldn't get a good shot because there's just so much snow so every you know the goals we got they were mucky they were in mm -hmm. the net front jammed in kind of greasy looking things and that we that's we knew that's how it was gonna have to be uh our our standout goaltender pip skid he did not face much action in the later part of that game. And at one point uh, they had, they got a breakaway in overtime mm -hmm. <laughs> and it was we were a little terrifying because we had had the, the majority of the play in their end and he hadn't seen a shot in 20 or 30 minutes probably or something. And, you know, it was, uh, but he came up big there and then, uh, you know, we were able to bury the biscuit and and then the other yeah the, so not only was it like I wouldn't say it was a blizzard it was a snowstorm it was a Winnipeg it was not even a snowstorm just a snowy night in Winnipeg mm -hmm. and um the other thing is yeah the, I guess the lights must have been on a timer because <laughs> halfway at certain, through at a certain point the the lights went out at, at uh, Borkville yeah at ha well and it's weird because on the other rink they stayed on but on the rink that the game was on they went off. And by the time they got the lights to come back on, we were holding the cup. <laughs> <So> <laughs> we played the last part of uh, overtime in the dark. And you know what? Like when you when it when we tied the game, and then it was like, okay, this is going to overtime. Uh, 
there was some discussion. Do we want to do a shootout or do we want to do overtime because of the way the snow was coming down? Mm-hmm. And uh, it was decided we would just do overtime. So, um, you know, glad we did. Although on the bench, we were like, we should have just done a shootout. <laughs> But, very nice, uh, very nice. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, as you mentioned, Pipskid, I believe he is like maybe thrice decorated now as an Apocalypse champion. He's yeah, he's, he's, won a, he's he, won a couple of those. He's got his name on the cup a couple of times, I think for sure. Yeah, we did have uh, we we had some call a uh, solid cup experience on our team. Corey Bellhouse, Lindsey Freeze, uh, they've both won the cup a couple times at least for sure. It was, we had a couple first timers on our team as well, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, yeah, I'm not sure what other. I'd have to look at all the names on the cup to be honest with you, but uh, yeah, it was um, a, a really good group. And the way that we gelled right off the hop, we knew something special was with this team. Um, you know, we had the very first game of the day at 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. and uh, Pip had his. Uh, bluetooth speaker with the reggae playlist and uh <laughs> some oldies and whatever and and uh yeah we just we we were vibing we gelled really good really quickly and then as soon as we hit the ice it was like we had been playing together for a, a while you know we we were breakouts and uh yeah oh, wow. so it was really great so for the listeners if you if you don't know apocalypse is is a draft style outdoor tournament so you just enter and then they assemble teams that are pretty even and mm-hmm. there was you know it was a good contest all day and um so it was a lot of fun yeah awesome well that's yeah. great congratulations getting your getting your first chip uh <laughs> and uh yeah i'm looking forward to I- next year I will. I will just uh, do a little self promotion. Uh, so in our in our first game, when the yeah. ice was nice, I had fresh legs. I scored a highlight reel, razzle dazzle beauty, Jared. I'm not gonna lie. I uh, I took a, a stretch pass from Lindsay, took the puck. It was behind me, and I I tipped it to myself, threw my skates up to my stick. Mm-hmm. There was one defenseman to beat. I kind of went inside outside on them that found myself all alone on, with the goalie, uh, Max Power. I made a quick little move and then I just uh, chipped it right upstairs where grandma keeps the cookies. So uh, I I uh, like I'm just reliving my glories here. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, we'll look for that one on the Apocalypse 2023 uh, highlight video. Absolutely. That, that'll come out at some point. Yeah. Um, we got to get to a song. We got to get to a song. Uh, and I think uh, today, today, the theme of our music is uh, we're playing artists that have yet to play, but are still to play at uh, this year's uh, Festival de Voyageur, another great outdoor event here in Winnipeg. Uh, the first week uh, is sort of uh, wrapping up tonight. But of course, there is the holiday tomorrow to celebrate uh, the the great founder of Manitoba, Louis Riel. Uh, our pal DJ Co-op is playing tonight. Uh, and uh, a lot of you don't have to work tomorrow. Although apparently DJ Co-op has to work tomorrow. Uh, but, well, he got the day off. But I remember, Jerry, we're recording this here on oh, Sunday. Oh, yeah, right, right. And this this will not yeah. air until yeah, Monday. Okay, so so our listeners are like, what? This was last night. Yeah, yeah, don't even worry about it. <laughs> DJ Co-op played last night, so forget about it. Um, 
but yeah, so uh, House Panther. House Panther is playing uh, this week on the 25th. Uh, great local band. Uh, features uh, a musician by, by the name of Jay Wood on guitar, who is a fantastic artist in his own right. Uh, I figured uh, since uh, the wine was probably flowing following your big championship yeah. win, we would play uh, 17% wine by House Panther. So I like it. Let's do it here on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. band house panther with their song 17 percent wine in honor of the le rendezvous sonic assault your 2023 apocalypse now champions um uh house panther um do you remember the house hippo ad is that i do remember the house is, hippo do you ad. think house panther kind of a uh, bit of a riff on on that or could be. I don't Hard know. Hard to say. Hard to Hard say. Hard to say. I just remember the 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 house hippo liked the uh the peanut butter toast crumbs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like I like that ad. It was a good one. Yeah, um I will also say uh the Le Rendezvous Sonic Assault. That was a fantastic venue and I saw many many great shows there. Uh it was probably a little bit before your time here it was, in, and... in the city. I think it's a condo development now in uh, St. Boniface, but uh, yeah, there was a lot of, of stories, cool a lot of stories in the locker room about uh, that venue and everybody's, everybody saw their favorite pop punk bands there. Everybody, oh, yeah. you know, there was, um, I uh, saw, I, I saw Green Day there on yeah. uh, the, uh, just as Dookie was blowing up. Oh, that's I amazing. Was, I was maybe, I think grade 12. 17 years old and yeah. uh first time I ever crowd surfed was at Wicked. that show and it That's was awesome. super awesome uh and then most notably I would say in Winnipeg lore kind of towards the tail end uh Prince played on his birthday after playing a two-hour set at the arena did like a two and a half hour after party 
at huh. the rendezvous that is the stuff of Winnipeg legend. Like that's amazing. Everybody yeah. and their dog says that they were there now, but, <laughs> but they were, <laughs> they were not. Yeah. I saw lots of cool stuff there though. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. 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 It was fun hearing the stories of that, but um, yeah, all the, all the team names in apocalypse this year were named after defunct uh, venues and bars. So um, yeah, good times. Yeah. Uh, there was a huge trade in the NHL this weekend, Jared. I believe it went down Friday night. Uh, yeah, and good, ti- involved... good times. Good times if you're a Toronto Maple Leaf fan. Yeah, I it involved the Toronto Maple Leafs. It involved the St. Louis Blues, and it involved the Minnesota Wild. For some um, reason, they they. I don't get that, and we could talk <laughs> about this. We could okay, talk yeah. about this. Um, yeah, so Toronto got two of the bigger names on the the big trade board. Yeah, Ryan O'Reilly and Noel Achari. Achari, a very solid uh, depth forward. The kind of guy that... Teams... Would have been perfect for the Winnipeg Jets. I, I had I, my eye on him yeah. for Winnipeg. I thought that's a guy they should get. But he went with O'Reilly to the Maple Leafs. And um, so basically St. Louis acquired a first round pick in 2023, a third round pick in 2023, a second round pick in 2024. They got Adam Gaudet and they got Mikhail Abramov, who I guess are two AHL prospects. I don't mm-hmm. really know mm-hmm. anything about them. Minnesota acquires a fourth round pick in 2025 and Toronto gets Ryan O'Reilly with 25% of his salary. So so seventy five percent of O'Reilly's salary had has been retained in some form by yeah, so St. Louis St. or Minnesota. So St. Louis kept half the salary, and then Minnesota jumped in there, gave mm-hmm. up one of their prospects, a guy named Josh Pilar, and got back the fourth round pick, but ret- retained twenty five percent of the salary. So this is yeah. this is. I mean, I understand why Toronto made this trade. We'll get to that in a minute. With Minnesota, okay, so Minnesota has, they're in the mix. They have their own cap issues. Why are you getting in here, taking on money for a player that uh, is not going to play for you? Yeah. And all you get out of it is a fourth round pick in two You're years. You get a fourth round pick, right? And, like in and two I, years' time. Yeah. I mean, I, Bill. All I can think is Bill Guerin owed uh, Kyle Dubas a solid one or something. Well, and so some of the speculation I was reading the uh, the Athletic, um, there the Minnesota beat writer for for the Athletic. Uh, his name's Michael Russo. He's fantastic. He is very, yeah. very, very good. One of the things that he surmised was. Minnesota jumps into the mix here because O'Reilly was a trade target for Colorado. And uh, they didn't want Colorado to get him. Well, yeah. And what's interesting, um, uh, just as we're recording this, another um, perspective uh, target for Colorado, and we had talked about him from Winnipeg, Jonathan Taves. Uh, will not be traded before the deadline. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. He confirmed uh, 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 today, Sunday, when we're recording, that um, 
he is not going to be traded. He he is uh, he's going to uh, focus on his health and he's he's reached a point where he has no choice but step back, concentrate on being healthy. Uh, Thankful for the patience and support of teammates, coaching staff and the entire Blackhawks organization. Um, Interesting, because he missed the entire season last year with uh, autoimmune disorder or something like that. So uh, So and he's been out for the last handful of games with yeah. a non-COVID illness or whatever they've been calling it. So he says that he's still dealing with symptoms of long, COVID, long yeah. COVID and chronic immune response syndrome. Yeah, and yeah. so that's that's, that's a really big name off of uh, off of the board. And For sure. And then, O'Reilly... of course, Chicago's got t- uh, Kane that they're also looking at moving. And he's like undecided if he's gonna waive his no trade clause. Well, yeah, and, he got he got kind of pissy because he wanted to go to the Rangers. Yeah, and, and then he, and then I think probably Toronto was the other team that he thought, oh, you know, and now yeah. they just went and got O'Reilly. So yeah, um, but anyway, interesting times for them. Sure, and to me, like it makes no sense. Minnesota, in order to for Minnesota to stay in the mix, they have to be making moves because Colorado is is coming hard right for like sure they, they are all their I guys think... are coming back and Landeskog uh is back in denver is gonna start skating tomorrow and has indicated that the knee injury that has has kept him off the ice all year is uh he's feeling better and he's getting ready to to play again they just activated manson uh, they, they got, uh, Byron Bowen back. They're getting, they're getting all their dudes back. And, uh, if they get goaltending, I mean, Colorado, they're defending cup champs, right? Like, oh yeah. And yeah. you know what? Gor- Georgiev has been playing pretty good for them. You know, I, I was skeptical this past off season when they let Kemper go and they decided to go with Georgiev and I thought, well, I mean, this guy just won you the cup. And Kemper's been playing really well in Washington. He's got a good save percentage, good goals against, winning mm-hmm. some games, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Georgiev, he's stepped up and he's kind of filled the the gap quite nicely for Colorado. Um, but sure. yeah, they've had a lot of injuries all year. Makar's out right now. But getting Landeskog back, that'll be like a trade deadline acquisition in itself. So, well, and this is the thing, right? And teams like Toronto, you expect Toronto to make make the moves that they need to make. And I think that Kyle Dubas probably sees the writing on the wall a little bit. Um, right. If they he, don't win a, a round of playoffs, he's probably... He's probably done. Yeah. Right? And, uh, you know, adding a guy like O'Reilly to your to your top six, like... Con Smythe winner when the Blues won the Cup in 2019. Right? He's a face-off genius. He's he's a great player. He's probably going to be the third-line center in Toronto. But you think is... about what they got down the middle now with Matthews, Tavares, O'Reilly. I don't even know who their fourth line is, but, you know, like that... Those three centers in a row, like, that's... Well, uh, and it's... it's that's inter- good. It's interesting too. Like, so he suited up. Both him and uh, Achari were in uh, the lineup on Saturday night against Montreal. Leafs beat beat the Habs five one, and the there was a lot of speculation. Okay, so where's O'Reilly going to suit in? And he actually they bumped Tavares to the wing, and O'Reilly played center on the second okay. line yeah. with Marner on the other side. So they kind of stacked their top six, yeah. which 
I don't know if that's sustainable, but the but idea... it's an option. Oh, <laughs> it's oh a, yeah, it's a beautiful. It's a option. scary option if you're an opposing team, and it maybe takes a little bit of of uh, pressure off of Tavares, who has played a significant number of minutes this year, yeah. and he's quietly uh, having a very good season. Yeah, but he's not getting any younger. And no, he's not. And sure. uh, I think that Toronto probably too still has a couple of uh moves left to make potentially right like they're talking about getting rid of justin hall although i don't know who wants justin hall and Uh, alex kerfoot who i think is is going to be playing where he should be playing on a third line now but you know his contract's up at the end of the year and he's been trade trade bait for a while now they've been talking about bolstering the blue line in toronto for sure and there's also maybe some questions about goaltending in toronto you know murray is out still with the ankle injury so they've got Ilya samsonov and then joseph wall is the current backup yeah and um you know in his limited uh, appearances he's looked he's looked fine but He's you not, know, it's he's Samsonov not, and Wool, the goalies that are going to take you to the 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 Holy Land. So he's not pulling the the wool over anyone's eyes, Tom. <laughs> and Samsonov, as as you know, good as he's been, he's had a good season. Um, is that the is like, that the is ten he, the ten he, you want going in? Can though? he be the main? Yeah, the main guy down the stretch. You know, playing. Uh, the majority of games between now and whenever the end of their season mm-hmm. is, um, it's, so, it remains to be seen. But you know, like that, there's a like that uh, Vejmelka on Arizona is apparently maybe in play, and like yes. if that, that's a goalie that right there now, the price would not be cheap on him. And Toronto just spent a boatload to get Ryan O'Reilly. So yeah, how's uh, that work? Exactly now. I guess the the other question. So I think that the deadline is March third. Yes. Yeah. Which which is a Friday. Um. So we are. Uh. Oh, I'm not very good with math. Nine, twelve days away from the deadline, mm-hmm. and uh, moves are starting to happen. If you're Kevin Shevel Day off. And you are sitting on over $10 million in cap space right now. You're in the mix. You're, I mean, I don't know how you're losing to teams like Columbus twice. They just cannot, they can't handle Eastern conference teams this year very well. Like it's, it's a noticeable trend and I don't have the uh, numbers to, to support my, outrageous claims right now but it just feels like they are unable to keep up with eastern conference teams even the worst ones like columbus well and so they've lost now they've lost to columbus twice they've lost scored seven two in the two games to columbus like they've lost to philadelphia they've lost they've lost montreal and the the question is if you're shovel day off are you preemptive striking here are you getting into the mix before or are you doing the typical jets thing where you essentially overplay your hand and you wait until deadline day 
and see how things shake out. Because yeah. I, I think now that the O'Reilly domino has fallen, Taves comes off the market. I think that, you know, you're going to see a guy like Timo Meyer, who is, who is at the top of the He's trade board or Chikrin also up there. Uh, the defenseman from Columbus uh, that everybody seems to Gavrikov. love. Gavrikov. Uh, St. Louis has proven now that they are, they are selling. Um, Barbashev, right. Um, are, are those moves going to happen sooner rather than later? Yeah. And especially, yeah, for Winnipeg, you know, like you said, they're sitting on a bunch of money that they could, why, why don't they get involved in some of these deals with, uh, as a third party, you know, if they're like, it's, it's baffling to me, but I, (laughs) I don't know that Winnipeg will be making much of moves other than a couple minor depth moves to bolster their, you know, forward depth or something like, but to me, they, they need somebody who can score goals, a proven, a proven score because their bottom six is, has dried up in terms of goal production. Mm-hmm. They've got nothing out of them. And mm-hmm. you can see it over the last handful of games for the Jets that, you know, they just are having a hard time scoring when you when you have to rely on Shifley and Connor um and Pierre Luc Dubois for your goals, you know, they yeah, they've been doing a great job, but they need help. And um you you gotta think like something in my opinion as a as a Jets fan. I would mm-hmm. like to see something happen sooner than later, you know, yeah. just to give a little sign of faith that, uh, you know, that the team that is is making an effort to to get a win well, here. And this like, is the thing, right? It's like, OK, in the past, right, it's been it's been kind of a situation like the Edmonton Oilers are in right now. Right. There was no money. Yeah. And so it was a it was a money a difficult money out of... for money in situation. But right now they've got draft picks that they can trade. They've got prospects that they can trade, and you've and got cap space. cap space. So if you're ever going to do something, if you're going to take a run, because that window is closing very, very, very quickly, um, now is the time. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, like I, I was reading, oh, well, would you give up Cole Perfetti for Timo Meyer? And everybody's like, oh, he's untouchable. He's untouchable. But if you can get Timo Meyer f- uh, to sign an extension and come here. Yeah. Bye, Cole. Have fun in San Jose. I mean, at best, I think that y- you hope that Cole Perfetti, his ceiling, I think, is like is Timo Meyer, right? Like mm-hmm. that is that is the best that he is going to be. So I don't know. It'll be interesting. It's a tough call, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Chevy doesn't, you know, isn't it ain't easy being a, a general manager, I'm sure. And there's a lot of tough calls and you're going to have criticism no matter what you do. Uh, but I think that it would behoove the Jets to, um, you know, get in the action. Uh, you, we've seen Toronto. We've seen New York. We've seen the other New York uh, team. We've seen... You know, um, some of these guys, some of these teams already active, and it's only a matter of time until Minnesota does something and Colorado does something, and those are Central Division teams that the Jets are and Dallas. You know, they're going to do something. 
uh, only a matter of time until those got those other central division teams get in it. And, you know, the Jets, yeah, they're sitting in the top three of the central division, but I mean, the, the, the margin for error is not huge. And, yeah. uh, unless they string together a bunch of wins, they won't have much of a cushion. You know, they're going to have to, they got to, you got to win it like every night right now. <laughs> it's to get into the playoffs. It's, uh, yeah. It's a fun time of year to watch hockey. Tell you that it much. It is. It is. Uh, we should play a song, and I think that this the song, you know, in keeping with our our Festival de Voyageur theme, um, uh, the song is apropos, as they say. Uh, it's by Amos the Kid, and it's called "What Did You Do?" And yeah. so, here's, Chevy, what here's, did you do? Here's hoping uh, after uh, uh, March third, we're not asking. Uh, what did you do or you know maybe what didn't you do anyways yeah but which which syllable will the emphasis be on yes you're on talking hockey the hockey talking show it's amos the kid dance beyond the head that shit just don't fly All right, that was What Did You Do by Amos the Kid, who will be appearing at Festival de Voyageur here in Winnipeg. It is festival season um, every year around this time, you know, big yep. uh, big hoot nanny going down over in St. Boniface. Yep. Um, Go drink some caribou. Caribou, that's right. Uh I don't even know what that is, like malt oh, wine or something. No. It's a, I've had it's a, it. I don't know what it it's is. A, <laughs> it's a hangover in a bottle is what it is. Yes. There you go. Um, so uh, the other time of season that it is, is it's getting around to playoff time for a lot of uh, local recreation, uh, beer leagues, that kind of thing, yep. including our very own Garage League of Hockey. Uh, yes. Playoffs begin 
next weekend this weekend this weekend saturday saturday night uh no thursday night yeah i guess so um the the schedule says the yeah thursday is uh playoff game one which will feature the first place team versus the fourth place team first place team being the granny suites the fourth place team being failed skates the uh Saturday night matchup is the one that all all the all the listeners are actively uh, aware of. And yeah, are, all uh, eyes will be on the Saturday night game because that does feature uh, Jared, your team, the Sweet Tarts HC versus uh, co-host Randy and my team, Tempo Aluminums. Uh, that's the second place versus third place matchup. Um, yeah, and that goes Saturday night. Then, so have you deciphered the playoff format? Because then, after that, the losers of Game 1 and Game 2 play. Yeah. The winners of those two games play. And then I I don't really understand what happens after all that. (laughs) So, basically, as far as I can decipher, and and again, math is not my forte, uh, it is a uh, double elimination style playoff, uh, Mm. similar to what you would find in your standard uh, curling league. Uh, And so, basically, you keep playing until you lose two games. And so... Uh, after, uh, first and fourth and second and third play, the two games that, uh, the two teams that lose those games will play the team that loses the game between the losers is out. They're done. Is out, is done. And the two winners will play off. And then the loser of that game will play the, no, no, oh. the the loser of the game between the winners will play against the winner of the game between the losers. <laughs> Which should be clear I'm as mud. You. I'm with you. It, it should be clear as mud. And <laughs> and so then I th- I think yes. Okay. And so then the winner of game five which which is the winner of the losers versus the loser of the winners those two teams play off and if the team that wins or that wins that game uh the team that they beat has lost twice then they're done then it's done if the team that has that loses has only lost once so far, then they have to play that potential game seven, the one, mm-hmm. right? So I don't That's know if wild. that made, I don't know if that made sense to anyone out there. <laughs> and I know that there's some guys, there's some guys on, on our team, including captain, captain Vince, who, who loves the fact that we talk about the garage hockey league yeah. on, on this show. Yeah, we're the official official podcast well, radio so, show right? of the Garage League Hockey. Yeah. Uh so you know that playoff explanation, I'll I'll send that one out to uh Captain Vince because he, <laughs> he's shaking his head at me and he'll <laughs> let me know about it on Saturday night. Yeah. So are you well, ready for some playoff hockey? Is that is well? Is this where uh, you we're know, at? now that I've got an apocalypse cup in my pocket, I oh. feel like I'm battle tested and everything. So 
you know, I've got a week to recover physically because three games in a in one day mm-hmm. at this age, uh, it takes a toll. Uh, but no, I'm feeling okay, and I've got a, a week to get ready. So, um, yeah, I think uh, I think I'll be good to go for uh, our big game uh, Saturday, the twenty fifth of February, the and, last uh, game of February, basically. Yeah, and we've uh, we've been pretty even. Over over the course of the season, yeah. What's uh, the season series? Have you got uh, it in front of you? Uh, well, just doing some quick calculations here. Uh, looks like uh, the first game we won in overtime, so very close game. The second game, uh, we won a little more handily. Although I I believe you might have been short uh, short staffed at that game. Uh, the third game of the season. Uh, between us, uh, you blanked us three nothing, mm. and then uh, you beat us again. Uh, beginning in January, you beat us four two, and then we got you in uh, our final matchup of the year. We got you six four, uh, and so that uh, gives you guys a bit of an edge in the head to head over the season. The head to head. Eh, yeah, you know, but, but that, hey, playoff they're, they're, time comes, baby. The regular clean, season, it means nothing. Yeah, it's a clean sheet. Throw that out the window. You mm-hmm. know, there that you're right. That there have been some very good games between our two clubs, and uh, uh, that six four game that we played a couple weeks ago. Now, I suppose it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what happened. We we. You guys, you were up. You were up to nothing. We were up to nothing, and then you guys scored five straight goals. I think it was. Yeah. Tacked on the sixth as an empty netter, if I'm not mistaken. That is um, correct. But we, and, you went up yeah. five straight, and then we fought our way back to five four, and then you got the empty. Yeah, netter, it was getting it was getting pretty dicey. And if I recall, <laughs> if I recall, uh, co-host Randy scored a very nice goal to make it five three, and then. You went on one another one of your uh, gonna put the team on my back dog uh, <laughs> mode and uh, bullied your way through and uh, scored a scored another uh, highlight real goal and uh, yeah it was and that that game too was was uh, hot on the heels of uh, of a Friday night where we played an hour of three on three yeah <laughs> which was. which for. Uh, an old guy and a slightly older guy. My body is not made for that anymore. <laughs> it was a lot of ice time. Yeah, when it was a lot three on three of with ice like time. one spare or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah. So yeah, uh, it'll you just be good. get off the bed. Be- you, you get off the ice. You're on the bench. Enough time for one squirt of water, and then uh, somebody's coming to take you off again. So yeah, yeah, it'll be good. It'll be uh, it'll be good. And uh, as we've said in the past, if you want to uh, come check out some prime time beer league hockey action uh, this Thursday and Saturday at uh, the Winnipeg winter club. Mm-hmm. There's lots of room in the stands. I guarantee it. Uh, yeah. There, there will be uh, seats available Nine forty-five <laughs> on Thursday puck drop uh, the, the, uh, the granny suites and the failed skates uh, will play in playoff game one. And then, uh, yeah, sweet tarts, HC, tempo, tempo, aluminums, uh, on uh, on Saturday, February twenty. Sure to be a classic. Sure and to I would be a be, classic. I would I would be remiss not to mention. Uh, so at Apocalypse yesterday, 
Mm-hmm. uh one of the uh, prize packs Mm-hmm. so there was the raffle draw and Mm-hmm. i didn't <laughs> really see who collected what prize i was sitting there watching the whole thing but you know um it was a flurry Things of activity things happened, i didn't yes. i didn't win anything i was a little bit let down i let my daughter uh choose the card Mm uh -hmm. that we were you know for our entry and she chose a joker and i was like i don't know about this <laughs> Did she look at it and say, Daddy? <laughs> no. <laughs> she just No. wanted to color on it so Well, anyway it makes sense. but but uh what i'm trying to say is one of the prize packs included a guest a uh, guest spot for uh appearing here on talk and hockey the hockey talk and show so if you're listening and you won the prize yeah just reach out to us any old way uh and we will arrange uh a, a, a recording session and uh it'll be a lot of fun and um That was a pretty good prize pack, actually. It was called the Duster Pack. Mm It hmm had Mm-hmm. uh, tickets to a Jets game, uh, like a pair of tickets to a Jets game, uh, guest spot on Talking Hockey. Uh, it had a pair of uh, suspenders, like coho Ooh, suspenders or something very nice. for your hockey pants, uh, a couple other pieces of hockey gear, a neck guard and a something else, skate guards maybe. Um, and... Uh, A Doug Gilmore autobiography, or maybe it was just a biography, I'm not sure. And there was a couple other items, I can't recall, in the duster pack. But there were some nice prizes. Um, I think, obviously, everybody knew the the, the uh, Falcon Trails Resort prize would be the first one off the board, and, and it was. Uh, Yeah. that's a coveted prize right there. There you Uh, go. so, That's yeah. a tough reservation to get. It is. It's a great spot, and uh, yeah. So all in all, pretty good successful day for Apocalypse Now and uh, for Talking Hockey co-host Tom here. I just want to, uh, again, remind the listeners that I am a champion. There you go. Uh I think that <laughs> that just about wraps us up. yeah. Yeah. So let's go out on a banger, as we Oh, mentioned off the a top. real banger. This is from the 2011 EA NHL sports game. Who was on Uh the cover of 2011? Okay, so this this is actually this is not the EA Sports. This is NHL 2K11 Okay. uh featuring Ryan Kessler on the cover, one Really? of the one of my most hated hockey players. He he was <laughs> he was a bit of a dink on the well, ice. I guess that would have been Bruins Canucks Stanley Cup final. He was a big part of that for the Canucks, but funny Yeah. that they yeah, that that's who's on the cover, not Yeah. not uh Patrice Bergeron or some maybe Patrice was on the EA one. Could be, could be. Uh so I've got a copy of this game uh for the Nintendo Wii if you ever want to play. Okay. Uh it's it's got a real banging soundtrack. And the, the real standout for me is this band who we believe now lives in Montreal, but by way of uh New Brunswick. Uh <laughs> yeah, I believe they're Moncton or Shediac or something like that. And they're playing the Festival de Voyageur this week. And uh, so, you know, I would be remiss if I did not uh, suggest this one. Uh, a band called Radio Radio and their uh, 2009 smash hit, Jacuzzi, Yeah. uh, which is pretty awesome. I will just uh, add before we go, it was Jonathan Taves on the cover of the EA NHL 2011. 
Oh, so there very you fitting. go. Yeah. Very but, fitting. Uh, talking hockey, the hockey talking show. Thanks for joining us. Uh, keep your stick on the ice and we'll see you next time. Ha! Yeah, bubbly, yeah. Bubbly, bubbly. Jacuzzi, you have a place in my jacuzzi. Would you come to my jacuzzi?